stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So with the passage of Bill 22, uh, a number of things are changing. And as it pertains to the election commissioner in Elections Alberta, there, there is a period of uncertainty here. Uh, so when it comes to the practice of disclosing names of people that have received fines or sanctions for violating the, the law, uh, it appeared as though there had been some changes. The Globe and Mail reported today that elections, Alberta's election agency has stopped the practice of disclosing names of people or organizations that receive fines or sanctions as it reviews its policies after the provincial government's decision to remove the election commissioner and overhaul the position. Elections Alberta said its policy withholding names was in place before Lauren Gibson was appointed last year. Acknowledged it represents a change from Gibson's tenure and said its approach is being reviewed. So the idea that maybe going forward, the people who are fined as a result of investigations aren't going to be named. Well, that sounds troubling. So the opposition leader uh, had planned to hold a news conference this afternoon. But that was canceled after we got this news release. Uh, Today, Elections Alberta says we will be reposting the findings and decisions by the chief electoral officer for 2018 and 2019 to include the names of those fined or reprimanded. Well, joining us to talk more about this is opposition leader, NDP leader, Rachel Notley. Ms. Notley, welcome to the program. Uh, It's good to be here. Uh, So what happened here? I mean, did did you jump the gun by scheduling this news conference or, or what changed here? Well, certainly. I mean, we we uh, were uh, planning to talk about uh, what was reported in the Globe and Mail, which was uh, the position up until this morning, around 10 or 11 o'clock, of the uh, chief electoral officer, that uh, they would be applying the rules uh, previously used by the chief electoral officer uh, to not disclose people who were fined um, to the uh, to the um, fines and um, uh, infractions that had been investigated and enforced by the elections commissioner. So that was what we were planning on talking about. And then, of course, we saw this sort of late game um, reversal by the chief electoral officer on whether or not they would continue to um, uh, publish the actual names and the fines. But, you know, I mean, we still do have concerns about, you know, this whole thing on a number of different fronts. Well, and, and the elections Alberta does concede that two days ago, they did post updated investigations, and uh, they they did not include individual names. So that was posted mm-hmm. two days ago. So they did withhold names uh, on, on yeah. those postings from two days ago. They did, absolutely. And, and I mean, there's a clear reversal of position uh, that, that they took this morning. Um, and and the, the position that they had before, that they would never disclose them, that's a longstanding one. And it kind of comes from this, this larger issue, right, that, that um, the chief electoral officer is, as I've said before, basically uh, his primary job for decades has been to sort of facilitate and advise uh, with respect to those people who are operating within the uh, elections regime. And he had the ability to find, but he almost never did. Um, and and there was a lot less room for people to break the laws because until we brought in a very rigorous new set of laws in 2015 that were designed to keep uh, corporate and union and, and foreign money out of our elections and also designed to uh, limit how much individuals could donate and also designed to put a cap on how much could be spent, there was a lot less uh, investigation to do. 
But because uh, we brought in a, a pretty rigorous set of laws to try and make sure that, you know, elections were won and lost on the basis of who got the most votes as opposed to who had the most money, um, because there were more rules, uh, there there was a need to sort of uh, update the, the way the office ran and to separate out the person who was charged with, you know, investigating and enforcing many more rules. And that's what it does look like in other jurisdictions. And that is the way of the future. Most experts would would uh, agree with that. Okay, so what are your concerns, though, at this point, that if, if we have now Elections Alberta going to the practice of identifying people who have been fined as a result of investigations, we're going to have the position of election commissioner exist within uh, the elections, uh, the chief electoral officer's office, what, what concerns mm-hmm. do you still have then? Well, I have a couple of concerns. First of all, of course, so we've got, you know, three, four uh, full-time investigators and a number of contracted investigators, we don't know how many, uh, who have been moved over to the chief electoral officer after they've seen their boss and chief investigator fired for investigating the premier and his close associates. So right there, there is a huge chilling effect uh, on in terms of how tenacious, how rigorous, how hard these folks will push on the investigations. And uh, and and it's, it's a chilling effect because we've seen this happen in a way that it has never happened before in any Commonwealth jurisdiction anywhere in the world. So, uh, and, and we basically saw the rule of law broken in order to protect the interests of the current government and uh, and as I say, that's unprecedented. So that really means that those folks are going to have to be really, really sure of themselves and committed to stick their neck out and continue to be rigorous investigators. Now, in addition, what's happened is they've been folded into a new office, or into the other office, the chief electoral, uh, chief elections officer, mm-hmm. office, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, and, and their culture is not one of rigorous investigation and enforcement. Their culture is one of administration, facilitation, and advising. And, and, and that's now who the boss is of these folks who were brought in to be much more rigorous around investigation and enforcement and, and punishment if necessary. So uh, two different cultures. And that's why, again, as I say, previously, uh, you see uh, these, these two functions uh, separated. You actually saw Stephen Harper separate them a few years ago. Um, and, uh, and, and, and now they're being brought together. So you put those two things together. A, they just saw their boss fired. B, their new boss has a totally different way of doing business because of the way they've always functioned not because of any bias or anything like that, just because of the objectives of that other organization. And, you you know, odds are good that uh, everyone's going to turn down the dial, turn down the heat in terms of how, uh, how aggressively they pursue these investigations. And I think Jason Kenney knows it. And I think he knew it all along. And I think that they've been very intentional to try and uh, sweep their many uh, misdeeds as it relates to breaking Alberta's election laws under the carpet. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I think the firing of, of uh, Lauren Gibson uh, did, did appear to be vindictive. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, you know, the the chief electoral office office is independent. The, the position of election commissioner is still there to investigate. So when, when you talk about culture, I mean, how do we how do we quantify the, the, the culture of an organization? What, what, what do you mean when you say there's a certain culture there and how, how would we know that or prove that? Well, first of all, I think what we have to remember is that the elections commissioner position is vacant. 
So that's the first thing. Uh, and so we'll see what happens and who is who is selected to be in there and what their qualifications are uh, to actually be an aggressive investigator and an enforcer of the laws. Um, but uh, the, the second thing I would say, again, is, and I want to be really clear about this, I'm not suggesting bias on the part of the chief electoral officer. What I'm saying is that, I mean, I was there when, when he was first selected, and, and the, the work that he was selected to do is different than the work uh, that the uh, um, elections commissioner was selected to do. And, and the uh, majority, the vast majority of the resources uh, that the chief electoral officer managed were focused on a completely set of different set of tasks. And and so when you now are bringing over, as I say, I think it's four full-time investigators, and we don't know what's going to happen with all the other contracts that the elections commissioner had in place with independent investigators that were out doing uh, additional investigations. When you bring those people in, the question is going to be uh, how well does the organization support their work, particularly given that they just saw their boss uh, fired. And also, to be clear, I mean, he had a five-year contract. And we, the, the Jason Kenney legislated a break to that contract and gave him, uh, instead of a five-year contract, uh, six months. And, and so, you know, I mean, people respond when they see, oh, that's what happens when you uh, st- uh, stand up against Jason Kenney. And that's why people need to be worried about this. Of course, the government has suggested that there's still the possibility that, that Lauren Gibson could be hired for the position he was just fired from. Do you think there's any chance of that, though? I absolutely do not think that's going to happen. Uh, and that's why if you look in Bill 22, you see there's a whole section about uh, limiting um, uh, li- limiting Lauren Gibson's ability to sue for breach of contract because he got fired uh, um, four years before he was supposed to have been, or three and a half years before he was supposed to have been, and a whole additional section suggesting that uh, uh, if he ever talks um, about uh, his work, he could be sued. Um, so that stuff is actually in the bill. Uh, that doesn't sound to me like they're planning on hiring him back. But either way, it's a constructive dismissal. In the best case scenario, it's a constructive dismissal. But quite honestly, I don't think that's really what it is. I think he's full out and fired. I guess we'll see what happens with all of this uh, in the weeks ahead. Rachel Notley, thank you for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. All right. Rachel Notley, uh, leader of the official opposition, leader of the NDP, of course. Uh, we are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.